Hello and welcome to another podcast with me, Toby Webb. And joining me in this podcast is Miguel Torres, fourth generation of the Torres family and president of Bodegas Torres here in Penedes in southern Spain. So welcome to the podcast, Miguel. How are you? Thank you, Toby. Delighted to meet you. And uh, I'd like to thank you for um, your uh, great effort in promoting the sustainability idea and gathering so many companies from different uh, aspects all with this same uh, target, no? Well, thank you. That's, that's very kind. And um, in return, I would congratulate you for your climate yes. change leadership that, that you've shown. Our listeners may feel this is all becoming far too friendly, too much, too much congratulations. But listening, uh, but listeners, you should be aware that um, Miguel and the Torres family have been real leaders in climate change awareness and taking action against it for decades now. Um, and as a, a highly significant wine producer in Spain, um, I think it's fair to say you've led the way both in encouraging awareness of climate change and actually taking concrete action. Um, so earlier on, we went to see your um, CO2 fermentation capture uh, equipment, which is capturing uh, CO2 from fermenting of wine. Right. And that's another good example of the things you're doing. Um, but before we come on to the detail of that, um, Miguel, just give us a brief history of Torres. You're sometimes referred to as the biggest wine group in Spain, but um, your no. colleague tells me that's not always the case. So just give us the, the brief facts and history of Torres. Well, you know, Torres is a, it's been always a family-owned company. It was founded 150 years ago. Actually, last year we were celebrating our anniversary. And then, you know, uh, I think my father made a good expansion of the company, especially because he started to bottle the wines. Before my father, the wines were shipped in bulk, right, to America mostly. So he was my father. And then I came in in the 1960s after my studies in Dijon in France, you know, and I started to make uh, what I, I thought was convenient, you know, to change the style of the wines by uh, fermenting our own wines, by buying vineyards and deciding where we produce the best uh, grape in every part of Catalonia. So that's why we, we achieved uh, 1,500 hectares of vineyards in Catalonia that today allowed us to produce, you know, all these um, different types of wines. Thank you. And you've seen climate change affect both volume and quality in recent years. Many people may not know there's been a 1.3 degree Celsius temperature rise in Spain in the last 60 years or so on average. So how has it affected the wines you make and what, what are you doing about it uh, here and well, now? Well, it has affected, you know, there's no doubt that the increase in the temperatures that we never seen in the past, even our ancestors, is, are creating a very difficult scenario for us. So when uh, in 2008, after seeing, you know, the Al Gore movie, An Inconvenient Truth, I thought that maybe it was time for us to do something. Uh, first thing we did, you know, was... Um, was to adapt. We had to adapt to the new uh, situation, you know, climate, warmer climate, and that's why we ac we started to buy land at higher altitudes. You know, in the Pyrenees nearby. That's our advantage in Catalonia. You know, the Pyrenees are not far away. So today we have vineyards at a thousand kilometers, which are producing uh, great wines and balancing the acidity we need here with the wines in the valley. Also, you know, we had to take uh, decisions to try to delay maturation in the vineyards. We don't want the, you know, the, the harvest to arrive in the early August. We, we have to wait until September. 
Mm-hmm. And so far, we've managed with our viticultural practices to, to do it. So adaptation was, was the first. Second was trying to mitigate, help to mitigate the, 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 the warming. So we invested in, in uh, renewable energies, in biomass and so forth. And that's why we have reduced already, last year already, 34% our carbon footprint, right? And we plan to reach, I say, he say 60, I say 70% uh, on the carbon footprint for the company. So, and finally, you know, the third point is that we like to, we like to get the other wineries to follow us. Uh, my dream is to have wine in the future, you know, as something that an industry that has made an effort, you know, really to continue not only to produce quality wines, but to, to get the consumers to realize that um, it is possible to continue to produce good wines and that, um, well, reducing emission is possible and producing uh, well, carbon neutral wines in the, in the close, in the near future. Thank you. So you've moved some vineyards up to higher ground in the last 20 years. You're doing a lot of experimentation, rehabilitating old uh, older grapes and lost grapes yeah. and varietals. Um, so what's, what's working now and how much further can science help? For example, do you think gene, gene editing might play a role in the future in helping you access the kind of grapes you need to withstand no. climate pressures? We refuse genetic manipulation, totally, you know. We don't think it's now the right time. I think we have to, that's what we are doing. We are selecting, you know, the best clones, more suitable, for example. Mm-hmm. I remember last week we were discussing here with the nursery how we can get Chardonnay clones that can arrive later. In every grape, you know, we have 100 different clones. Yeah. And we can select those who adapt better. Also, we can use root stocks, root stocks that will help this purpose of, you know, uh, uh, having a, a later ripening, ripening, right? Also, um, regarding viticulture, um, we can try to, to play, you know, with the density of planting, with the height of the canopy. We have a collection of uh, vineyards, 10 kilometers from here, where all this has been experimented in the last 10 years. So adapting, so far, is still possible. I don't guarantee, you know, in 10 years from now, but so far, it's been possible. Well, I've seen uh, today on a tour of where we are, which is your Vallejo's Torres here in Pinedas, just how much innovation you guys are funding and how much work you've done. I have to say it is really impressive. When you meet the owners of other wine producers here in Spain or elsewhere, <clears throat> do they still say to you, you know, Miguel, why are you doing all this climate stuff? You know, Or do they get it now mm-hmm. uh, and they just don't really know what to do about it? Because I still don't see the other big players come doing quite as much as you guys. So. Yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult, you know. I think to begin with, you know, if you go into this idea of uh, trying to mitigate the effects of climate change, you have to think, first of all, that you don't do this for, um, I don't know, immediate uh, immediate uh, earnings or immediate uh, recognition. I think you do it because of the next generation, because mm-hmm. our generation has, uh, I think, the duty of uh, transferring uh, not such a bad world, you know, to the, to the, for the future, yeah. to our children and our grandchildren. That, I think that's the main concern. And then you can work accordingly, right? According to that. Then you can try to, to do, do your best and eventually, you know, communicate this, this to the press, to the consumer. But first of all, it has to come from the heart. Otherwise, it's very difficult.
Yeah. Well, listeners, we're not going to go through all the different things on sustainability they're doing here at Torres. But if you are interested, just Google Bodegas Torres or Torres Wine, uh, and you'll see what they're doing. And it's amazing experimentation with anything from biochar to biomass to uh, carbon capture uh, and all sorts of other initiatives. Um, what do you think climate change leadership should look like in wine in the future, Miguel, or, or next year, shall we say? We did a panel on it earlier this year, and everybody has differing but overlapping views. But what is real leadership? Is it quantifying your impact and making dis distinct efforts to cut it whilst looking for positive impacts and consumer mm. persuasion? What does kind of the leadership agenda look like to you in wine? Well, I think what I would like to see, and I hope, I'm sure that your, your organization will help, you know, is to get every wine company to understand that we have to reduce emissions, you know. We cannot continue to pollute, you know, with so much uh, mm. greenhouse gases, you know, the atmosphere. And the wine industry, I think, has a big possibilities because, you know, we sent, um, in our case, 2,000 tons of dioxide to the troposphere every year at fermentation. The wines ferment, mm. so they produce carbon dioxide. This carbon dioxide has been taken by the vineyards before, by photosynthesis, you know? Mm -hmm. So in a way, we are compensating. But imagine we can store all this carbon dioxide instead of uh, sending this uh, uh, up there to the troposphere. No? That's why we have started this year to, to recuperate this carbon yeah. from, from the fermentation. So I think that should be the purpose of every winery, you know, to reduce carbon emissions, first of all. Mm -hmm. first of all. Yeah, I mean, that's basic, I guess, in a way, it's basic leadership, isn't it? It's, you know, they say charity begins at home. So it's about starting right. managing your own impacts. And then more broadly, I mean, you were at the, you've been at COP climate change meetings. You, you were doing TED Talks to packed audiences, what, 10 years ago. You know, you've done a lot personally to raise awareness of climate change. How can the wine industry leverage its position as a, you know, a product so many people love and feel passionate about to lead further on climate change? Outside of the wine industry itself, I know that's a tough question, but you know you've been in many forums over the years. What would mm -hmm. your conclusions be as to the, the opportunity for the wine industry to lead? Well, I think uh, I'm surprised sometimes, you know, because when we created this group, uh, International Wines for Climate Action, three years ago, I, I thought it was going to be more difficult. Well, amazingly enough, we got already 21 vineyards uh, in our group. Even France can join us. You know, that's fantastic. It's a big success, and uh, I think you know this opens the door to uh, more and more companies coming in the future. And also, what you have done for the sustainability in your uh, forum is fantastic. So I think it shows that uh, the wine industry is prepared to to work in that direction. Well, let's hope so. What are your views on how we can get more consumers educated and aware? I mean, we just had a wonderful lunch here in your winery, and we, and we talked about the opportunity of using space on bottles to talk to consumers. Mm. Now, I don't know any other product that has this much opportunity to talk to a customer. So how can we do better? How can the wine industry do better to talk to consumers about climate change and, and sustainability? Mm. Hmm. You should have this question with my son. Eh? <laughs> my son is the marketing expert in the company. But uh, I think we both agree it's very difficult. It's very difficult. At this stage, still, there is not so much interest on the, on the side of the, of the consumers. It's coming. It's coming, especially with the younger people. Younger mm -hmm. people are reading more back labels, are looking more for 
who are uh, you know QR signs, codes, QR codes. Yeah. but uh, a lot to be done yet. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, um, just to finish off, in terms of collaboration, um, you know, you've started with Jackson uh, Family, uh, the International Wineries for Climate Action. You're working with us at the Sustainable Wine Roundtable, uh, which some listeners may not have heard that uh, we've been involved in. Um, but how do you see collaboration now evolving? You know, there's a few different groups trying to focus on sustainability in wine. How can we collaborate most effectively, do you think, to, to drive the agenda? Well, I think we should meet. We should gather, you know, and then admit and discuss. And I think we have the same purpose. Let's establish some, you know, some ideas, some rules, maybe protocol but uh, yeah it should be possible because we have one common goal you know yeah absolutely well uh, Miguel Torres thank you very much for your time today mm. and thanks for the invitation to join you at your, your beautiful winery here in Spain thank you Torres been delighted